3: Good morning. This is Bennett Kelly broadcasting live from the Internet Law Center here in downtown Santa Monica, the heart of Silicon Beach. Please be seated. We've got a great show for you today. Spring is here and it's the middle of March Madness, well actually the culmination of March Madness. Um, the NBA playoffs are getting ready to start, NHL playoffs, baseball is about to start. And we got politics and sports mixing once again, so who better to bring back but my college fraternity big brother, Scott Zucker, um, Scott is currently the sports editor to the Daytona Beach News Journal. Scott, are you with us? And I'm here, Bennett. How are you? Thank you for joining us. It's a thrill to have you back. And um, so I, what, what caught my attention was, um, and I, I kind of teased it at the beginning a little bit of with politics and sport mixing, um, Donald Trump. Would um, made a statement on, I guess, the NFL player roster for, for next year. And uh, re- referencing uh, a certain quarterback in San Francisco, I don't know if he was talking about Steve Young, Joe Montana, kind of suspected it was um, Colin Kaepernick, but um, and saying that he shouldn't be in any roster. And you said that there's a possibility that could happen. You did a column um, for your newspaper that said, If it happens, it may be because of his passer rating, not because of the president of the United States. So why don't you fill us in on that?
4: Well, he made a speech. uh, He Trump made a speech last week in which he basically claimed credit for Colin Kaepernick not signing with anybody. Uh, There was uh, someone that referenced the fact that uh, NFL owners said that they didn't want to sign. Kaepernick, because they didn't want to get tweeted at nastily by the president, which I think was probably more of a joke than anything else, but, you know, Donald Trump ran with that. It was an interesting week for for Kaepernick, who is the, for the listeners who don't uh, follow him that closely, of course, is the now former Niners quarterback, who last year made a lot of headlines for refusing to stand during the national anthem as a protest through the treatment of, of African-Americans in our country. And last week, the such diverse people as Donald Trump to Spike Lee were talking about the fact that Kaepernick was not, a, had not been signed by a team.
3: So the usual ESPN panelist.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's
3: pretty much around the horn. Yeah. <laughs> And so, um, and one thing that's interesting about Kaepernick was I didn't before that protest I didn't even know there was another verse other than that the Star Spangled Banner. Nor did I. And you know, you and
4: I both spent a lot of time in the Baltimore area where it was composed. But uh, apparently, they don't they don't go for the full one. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting.
3: Did you you ever go to Fort McHenry and see old? You know, uh, I guess it's is it Old Glory they call it. Yes.
4: Yes, I, I have been there.
3: And, you know, and it's funny. I, I, I honestly don't even recall that being part of the presentation. Nor do I. That's kind of interesting. So, yeah, I mean, he did he did create a discussion. And um, But apparently now he's saying he'll stand, um, or at least <laughs> he'll stand for the anthem if you let him sit on your bench. I think
4: that, that's correct. Yeah, he said that uh, he feels like he made his point and he, he is going to stand for the anthem this year. And it's worth pointing out that he—he he was the first one, but he was far from the only NFL player to refuse to stand for the anthem last season. It, it did spread around the league uh, to a lot of teams had a, a guy or two. It wasn't as if the entire teams weren't standing, but he did have some support in his protest, and it did get did get some notice. Uh, as I said in the in the column, the, the bigger problem may be that that he's been sort of a declining statistical quarterback in the last few years after some tremendous successes first couple of years in the league
3: well he, he has the um, one of the numbers of death for quarterbacks a three in, <laughs> in his age right
4: <laughs> he turns 30 in November.
3: Um. And so, if
4: you're a quarterback who depends on 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 his legs to make plays, that's not a really good combination.
3: Yeah, he 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 was a out of the pocket scrambling quarterback, and um that works until you get injured a few times, which I I guess that would be where he is, right? Yeah, he,
4: he's had a, he's had a couple injuries, and it's really just a matter of you know NFL coaches always want to make. Offense to seem like it's uh, you know the invasion of Normandy, but there are there's a lot about the system and he doesn't fit into a lot of our systems for current NFL coaches. He's just not the number one guy in a lot of systems. I could see him fitting in a couple of places as a backup, be it in Seattle or in um, Carolina, where they do have a quarterback who, who will you know, run once in a while and and does more of the read stuff. Uh, The thing you always want to be careful with is for so many years, you know, was code to say, oh, he doesn't fit the system, whereas you're running quarterback became more code for, well, we don't want a black quarterback. And so I think you always have to be cognizant of that. Would he fit in
3: as a backup for Cam Newton? I mean, there's a quarterback. I, that's that's, the other thing. I said. Yeah, Car- I think Carolina is the place he, c- he could
4: fit in as a backup. I think they like their backup. Uh, I believe Derek Anderson has been there for a number of years and knows the system pretty well, so I don't see them necessarily bring him in. I, I do think someone will bring him in. You know, he's, he's not without talent. His numbers last year on a terrible, terrible 49ers team were not bad. They weren't great, but they weren't bad, right? I think, I think it's the case of you know where he fits and what the need is, and how how desperate a team is to get
3: to get a quarterback with some starting experience in there. But he's not welcome back in the Santa Clara. Seems, it seems
4: highly unlikely he's going back there.
3: Okay, so uh, where do you, what's your guess? What's where were you betting he ends up?
4: You know, uh, there isn't a, an obvious spot right now because a lot of teams have filled their quarterback needs. I think uh, likely where he ends up is the first place that somebody loses a
3: quarterback's injury. Yeah, I was yeah. Or Canada. Look <laughs> around
4: and, and grab him. <laughs> okay, well, I don't know if he'll stand for O Canada or not. That's, <laughs> you know,
3: that's another question. It is based on God Save the Queen. But. Um, so, in, in other football news, and it's fitting we were talking offline um, today is an important there's several couple important sports anniversaries today that I think we both remember very well. Um, we were in Washington in 1984 on this day when all of a sudden, moving bands just showed up at Memorial Stadium and started moving the Colts to Indianapolis Yeah and, very
4: uh, very infamous day still in Baltimore.
3: Oh, I remember going to the last Orioles game at Memorial Stadium. And, you know, this is a baseball game. And a plane flew over with a banner that said, Ursay sucks. <laughs> and the crowd went crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think he still hated there. And, uh, you know, probably for good reason. But, um, you know, it definitely, there were other moves at that time. Did that happen before Arizona, before St. Louis moved to Arizona? I'm trying to remember the order, but um, but now we're we seem to be in high gear in franchise relocation um, with the Raiders' announcement that going to Las Vegas. At least, they're the first team in a while that hasn't said they're coming to L.A.
4: Yeah, that was a, not a tremendous surprise. There's been rumors about that for a while, for a long time. The Raiders, well, not the Raiders, but the NFL in general resisted the idea of a team moving to Vegas because of the The gambling. gambling. Yeah. But I think at some point the NFL looked up and said, first of all, we're going to make a boatload of money off of this because of the deal that we're getting for going there. And second of all, gambling is, is, online gambling is everywhere now. And there's casinos, you know, you can drive through any southern state and find a casino on the side of the road. So I think there's less of a stigma attached to it than Vegas used to have. And what, what you know, I, the bottom line, of course, is how much money they can make off of the deal. Exactly. The bottom
3: line, the NFL. Well, what I saw is the, the the obstacle was Sheldon Edelson was opposed to it, and you know that's his town. And um, but apparently, I guess they were able to get financing. Um, yeah, and just for um, just for clarity, the um, the Cardinals move from St. Louis to Phoenix in 88. So that was after the Colts moved. Um, right. And um, and actually even after, yeah, after the Colts moved. So there's a bigger question going on here in this whole re, you know, relocation uh, monopoly board or whatever, whatever game you want to analogize it to in that um, there are studies that repeatedly show that there really is no economic gain to cities who invest in these big stadiums for you know to keep their teams and it, it just doesn't pay off and that's just basically a subsidy to a private business and you see cities faced with that dilemma milwaukee you know which can, you know which has an underfunded school system had to invest in you know a state-of-the-art um basketball arena to keep the bucks and a lot of people thought you know the city would be better off letting them go um, San Diego seemed to make that choice when it came to the, the charges, although I think part of it was just bad blood between the city and the owners. You know, what, what is your sense of where cities are? I mean, there is the prestige. No one wants to – and also you know, fans of a team are also voters. <laughs> and, and who wants to disappoint um, that many voters at one time?
4: Well, you, you're not looking to anger at that uh, big num- part of your constituency – and I think just the optics of it of losing a, a team and not being a quote unquote major league city, right. you know, is, is a bad public relations move for a team. I think um, it makes zero sense for the city of Jacksonville to have the Jaguars there. That's not a major league city. It's it's they they've struggled to fill that stadium almost from the beginning, and there's always rooms that are going. Jacksonville hangs on to that team because it sort of puts them in the next level of of where they are as a city. You know, when you right. think of the Florida cities, Jacksonville isn't the first one that pops into your head, but not even the second or third.
3: List.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they're not. But
3: but yet they have they have a major league team, right? Although they started off quite strongly uh, under. Um, they did well
4: under Tom Coughlin the first yeah. few years, and then kind of uh, fell off
3: the. And he's just, he's just so, he's re, he's now in the front office there, is he not? He is. They brought him back in the in the off this year to be
4: uh, a full player personnel kind of uh, director.
3: Nothing sends a chill through a Patriot fan's spine like the, like his name, um, even though he was a hero in New England when he was coach of Boston College. But um, yeah, so I guess there is that challenge. Now, do you think the Raiders move to Vegas makes sense? Do you think it's a good thing for, I guess, for the league or for fans or what, what's your take? Well,
4: on it's, it? it's a good thing for the league because the you know they they're, they're ponying up a lot of money for that that deal uh for the fans uh, i don't think it's a great thing for the raiders fans i'm i'm not sure the distance from oakland to las vegas but it doesn't seem like it's an easy drive down the highway and uh i think it'll be interesting to see if the city comes out and supports him right you know las vegas has never had a major league franchise the closest they've had is um they had a Triple A team there for a long time that that did fairly well, and of course, there was a point in the 80s and 90s where UNLV that was, was a professional a
3: team, <laughs> professional team, yeah. Now, um, you know, one there is one aspect is that they're both closer to the Southern California fan base, and what's interesting is you know last year the Rams moved here, and and looking at TV ratings in the market, and granted the Raiders were having a. Um, their best year in a decade. Um, the Rams um, absolutely sucked, and the and the Chargers were just a little bit better. But um, the Raiders, the Oakland Raiders, were w- dominating TV in the LA market. You know, their market, their their rating was you know close to a ten, while the Chargers and the Rams were just getting about half of that. And so um, there's still a big fan base for the Raiders here. Um, but I was thrilled that they didn't come back to L.A., just because, you know, who wants a team that's going to keep jumping around?
4: Right. Well, I mean, part of it, as, as, as you point out accurately, is that the Raiders were one of the best teams in the AFC last year and, and sort of a, uh, you know, the media-darling team that was going to go in and, and maybe uh, challenge the Patriots for uh, the AFC Championship while the Rams were a struggling franchise that had a, a first-round pick quarterback that they couldn't even get on the field until about three-quarters of the way through the season. Right. So, I mean, the, you know, it's not surprising that that the numbers is skewed towards the Raiders in, in the ratings because we wanted to watch Rams football.
3: Now, it you know was I, interesting? I went to a Rams game, and the guy sitting behind me was Rodney Pete. And yeah, yeah and Pete, P. I did I did a Wikipedia search while he's sitting behind me, and he was supposed to be one of the first rookie quarterbacks to start in the NFL in the first game. He was supposed to start for the Detroit Lions. For the Lions, yeah. But he got injured and wasn't able to start. He got injured in an exhibition game against guess. The Los Angeles Rams. So <laughs> I'm thinking, uh, you must be conflicted. But you know, it, it is the hometown team, and he was there with his wife Holly, you know, the actress. But um, so
4: it's a former 21 Jump Street star, Holly Robinson Pete, I think.
3: Exactly. Um, but he was holding court, like he was the mayor of the city, because yeah, obviously he was a big USC guy, and that, that was his. Right. You know, the, the game was in the Coliseum, so people were coming by. Um, but the most instructive thing is that I learned a lot through Wikipedia was that he, um, you know, his dad was a coach, and his dad would show game film at home and analyze it and then kind of explain it to his kids. And he's sitting at the game with his kids doing basically the same thing during the game. It was really interesting hmm. watching the interaction with him and his sons. And uh, the Rams quarterback made a mistake, and he explained why a quarterback should never do that. And that was that was worth the price of admission right there. And he was just a class guy. Um and which is interesting because I've also met Troy Aikman, and who I thought was a, was a total um, a hole, and um, this yeah, you know, he wouldn't sign autographs for kids, and this is at a reception at the White House. I mean, come on, and um, and so those two battled back you know back in the day, and I, uh, apparently Rodney Pete won those games, and so I was kind of glad to hear that. But <laughs> um, so, any other teams you see likely to move anytime soon?
4: Well, we were talking about Jacksonville earlier. I mean, they're always sort of at the top of the list of potential
3: uh, franchises on the move. I think... uh, Where to, though? Now that L.A.'s been seized and... Well, it's interesting because,
4: yeah, you don't... There isn't an obvious market. You know, whether San Diego or Oakland would take another swing at getting a team is is a possibility. There's... um, there's you know there's been talk about other cities um san antonio a
3: mm-hmm. uh,
4: market that they think might be able to support an nfl team there's not one that's, that's obvious <laughs> there's not one that's really obvious right now
3: i, I heard I some people throwing out mesco city you know because there is the annual game in Mexico city that love, does quite well the league would love that but
4: here's and here's the reason why that, and you'll also hear London as a possibility.
3: Right. Who wants these, to live the there?
4: They do over there? Well, that's the thing. You know, and what's the what security? Players want to live in live in yeah. a foreign country. And the other thing that people seem to fail to realize is the reason that they do well with attendance in those games is it's a one-off. It's a one. Right. Thing. Exactly. It's one thing to have it as a special event
3: that happens once a year. It's another to have it there every week. And who wants to be the owner that says, man, my player was injured climbing the wall? Um, But uh, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll have more from Scott Zucker after these messages. You're listening to Cyber Law and Business Report only on cranberry.fm.
2: For more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors.
1: Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjorge, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E-Digital.com.
0: Looking for a white label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think
1: eBrand.
0: Free and unlimited SEO audit reports.
1: E-brands.
0: Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators.
1: E-brands.
0: A more
2: refreshing kind of talk radio. Cranberry Radio. Cranberry.fm. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Here is Bennett Kelly.
3: And we're back. We're with Scott Zucker. And he's with from the Daytona Beach News Journal. And you're calling in from Daytona, are you not? I am. Um, interesting place. And I was, I was surprised to learn that the um, Daytona, the stock car races, actually started on the beach.
4: They did. That, so they started on the beach in the 30s and 40s. And then they built this first uh, speedway here in, I want to say, 1959. It was built by a guy named Bill France. And the France family still controls NASCAR.
3: Uh, to this day Wow so um, one of the other issues we, we're going to talk about is um, social media and as someone covering sports today to, to what extent do you find that you're also covering the players not just on the court but also on Twitter or um, reacting to I, I remember after the Northwestern um, loss in during the NCAA tournament you know everyone was talking about you know that, that poor, the the athletic director's son and just his reaction being shared all over Twitter and Facebook as he you know, he was in tears at the end of the game. You know, how has yeah. is, how is, how is social media affected how you cover sports?
4: Uh, it's completely changed the way you cover sports. I mean, social media is a part of everything you do in, in sports coverage now from you know following players online and, and, and teams online teams announce moods via Twitter. Now they, um, you know, you always have to be kind of vigilant to see if there's a viral video that that's come up, that's either controversial or entertaining. Yes. Know, and they, you know, they become viral for, <laughs> for both ways. There's, um, you know, a lot of ways that you can reach out to athletes now, is just going directly through social media. It's 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 really changed the, the landscape of, of how reporters have to go about their business. And everything you do as, as a reporter is got to be pushed out through social media. So, it's, and it's, you know, the days of going to a game and writing a story are long gone.
3: So who does social media well, do you think? You know, either what franchise or what players?
4: Um. A lot of a lot of teams teams do pretty well. Um, the, the individual sports uh, baseball was behind for a long time, but they kind of caught up. NASCAR's is pretty good at it. NFL is of course good at everything. Um, individual <laughs> athletes. You know, I, I when when I realized we were going to talk about this today, I did a quick check to, you know, at this point not depend on my memory, which isn't a good idea. And, and I was pretty sure, yeah. Soccer stars kind of kind of rule the roost as far as Twitter followers go. They do, yes. Individual, individual athletes of the top ten individual athlete Twitter accounts, uh, eight of them are soccer stars. The only non-soccer stars are LeBron James. He's he's the second behind Cristiano Ronaldo. Was who's number one by a mile, and he's he's got the twelfth most. Overall, Twitter followers, you know, in the world, wow. and uh, and uh, Kevin Durant, uh, who I think comes in about
3: number five. Wow, and those are the only two guys who are. Uh, he's ahead of Steph and Kobe, and that's interesting.
4: Yeah, I mean, Steph is very popular, and he his he's I think I remember seeing that he's had the greatest growth in the past uh, year or two of any athlete in, in America, at least. Um, and then there's guys who are just kind of fun. There's, there's a guy named Joel Indeed who's an oft-injured big man for the Sixers who's a very funny and kind of entertaining guy on Twitter. And people may not necessarily look to, <laughs> look to follow him because he plays for the Sixers and he's hurt a lot. But he's actually right. uh, pretty entertaining.
3: I mean, yeah, the, the and, two plagues right there.
4: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, out of, out of the NASCAR world, there's a, there's a couple... Of drivers that I've found in recent years. I mean, of course, Alan Arnold Jr. Is, is is very good on social media. He's a guy who's just good with broadcasts and stuff. And there's other guys who are sort of lesser known. Kyle Larson is a, is a guy who's pretty entertaining on Twitter as well.
3: Any any um anyone who you think has any notable failures? I guess would be the best way to ask it.
4: Uh yeah, I knew you were going to ask that question. There are, there are ample numbers of, of failures. Uh, no one who who sort of consistently jumps to mind as being bad, but uh,
3: Shaquille O'Neal hasn't done himself a lot of favors. I was just thinking <laughs> about that in his flat earth thing. Even his daughter corrected him. at the They unveiled his statue here at the Staples Center, and uh, his daughter said, yeah, the world is not flat. <laughs>
4: Yeah, he, uh, he he's had some issues
3: on Twitter, and he's
4: got into uh, uh, kind of a Twitter beef uh, with with a current player.
3: Oh, LeBron! And was oh, that Barkley? No,
4: Barkley and LeBron. And Ron, uh, Shaq with a um, guy from the Warriors, whose name just popped out of my head. See, Ben, I can't come to these things uh,
3: off the cuff anymore. anymore. Wow! <laughs> oh, the yeah, play Clay Matthews. Not Clay Matthews. Who's the, um? oh, God, the Warriors, the third best guy? No, not,
4: not not their best guy. Not Clay Thompson. Um, Clay
3: Thompson, yeah. He's the guy who they... I'm just, I'm just going blank on me. But uh, LeBron... He's the guy who who, gets, um, um, LeBron in the Nuts?
4: The guy who, uh, who they make um, Shaq makes fun of all the time. Uh-huh. On, uh, <laughs> on the broadcast. And basically the guy said you know kind of lay off or, or the league said can you can you lay off this guy um and Shaq said no and and it, it kind of went back and forth on twitter Javel McGee is his name
3: wow how funny
4: and JaVale McGee and, and, and Shaq are beefing on twitter <laughs> if i can use the term of the kids exactly. or so so much these days that you know it's become an actual national story where just, I think Shaq basically threatened to kick the guy's butt.
3: Uh, <laughs> Which he probably could. And, and I'm looking at Shaq's feed now, and he has a, a picture of him doing a podcast with the, the Tom Arnold. Now, there's a Clash of the Titans right there. But. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so. Um, and what about. Now, Tom
4: arnold know, got some interesting Twitter stuff. Didn't Tom Arnold claim to have some sort of
3: he it, has some of knowledge on the donald yeah he says that yeah. he has uh, there he has heard that donald used um, racial epithets and referred to his son as a retard um nice so yeah really charming individual but um so we also have coming up so it's for spring is sprung and we are Diving into a lot of interesting time in sports, we have March Madness, and are you are you following that? I am. What, who do you think is going to come out uh, on Monday night? Well, you know, my
4: uh, my middle son Jake is uh, is a Gamecock, so I got a pull for South Carolina. Realistically, I don't think they have a chance, but I'm going to say, for public consumption,
3: that the the South Carolina is going to win it. There we have the official word. Although it's interesting, you know, I didn't realize this. Um, the game between South Carolina and Duke originally was supposed to be in North Carolina. That's you know, correct. When,
4: they moved it uh, because of the bathroom law.
3: Right, and, and so and and they played it instead in South Carolina, right? Yeah, they played it in uh, I want to say Greenville. Right, and so although ironically. It hurt Duke, which I don't know if that actually upsets a lot of people <laughs> in North Carolina. Since I do recall a, a judge famously once saying, I've lived in North Carolina my entire life, except for the four years I went to Duke. <laughs> <laughs> That's
4: pretty good, although I think you're North Carolina.
3: Accent- it, it needs yeah. some work. It needs some work. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of the Rhode Island touch there probably showed up. <laughs> but um, so say so you think South Carolina? I'm kind of rooting for Gonzaga, um, although you know, at least a West Coast team, but also a small, you know, independent team. That's kind of would be nice to see. What about on the women's side? I mean, the UConn thing is that is that getting much attention in the sports media, or is it just is it just they're just routing people by too much, so it's not a real story? I
4: think I think uh, there's a couple things that work there. I think it's always sort of in the background but they've been good for so long that it's almost not surprising anymore it's 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 but the streak is
3: still going on that's As, the thing yeah just yeah. be what the third the third consecutive undefeated season yeah it's insane. something to that effect. and, and,
4: and Gino our who's you know not my favorite guy but is one hell of a coach you know yeah. the, the job that he's done there is just unbelievable
3: It really is. I mean, um, what he has turned around that, you know, not to turn around, the program's been great, but he is already at Pat Pat Summit levels who just dominated that, you know, as a coach for years. And now he he has surpassed her. What was interesting um, was the, the New York Times story of the covering the game on I guess over the weekend against UCLA, it said um, UConn struggles, only wins by fifteen. <laughs> yeah. Any any other team that would be uh, mm. you know, a double digit win is a pretty comfortable win. But uh, I, I shared that with a with a friend who's a big UConn fan, and she's like a W is a W. But um, yeah. I I do think it's an interesting story because not only have they surpassed the UCLA streak, which was eighty something games, but they're mm-hmm. at the point. They've they've surpassed it twice. Um, They they surpassed it once, and now they've surpassed you know, then they lost, and now they surpassed it again, and or just keep going. It's just an incredible story. Um, Basketball playoffs. Now, um, do you follow Nate Silver at all? Uh, Yeah, I know I know Nate Silver is. So he he did an analysis that basically says that more or less only two teams have really have or. Two and a half, maybe have a chance of winning the NBA this year. And he said it's incredibly lopsided. He's a, in, in all the you know he does all the scenarios, and it either comes up Golden State half the time, um, a quarter of the time comes up San Antonio, and then the rest is you know potpourri, you know with the Cavs kind of having the edge among against the best of the rest. Is that a fair assessment? What?
4: I think that, I think there is something said that I don't know. My my faith in in, in Nate's uh, predictions were shaken a little bit last
3: November, but uh, <laughs> although actually he said, um, you know, margin of error. If you, you know, where where he was wrong was in the margin of error. But yes, everyone kind of he is he wasn't the most popular man on November tenth or whatever day it was. Um,
4: but uh, but as far as the NBA goes, I mean, look at it this way. Golden State's been in the finals two straight years now, and then they went out and added he's not the best player, you know, amongst the best top, amongst the top three players in the league right. in the offseason. So, when you, I mean, adding Kevin Durant to that team just is sort of mind-boggling.
3: Is that good for the game, you think? Is it, is it good to have someone, a team that's that talent-heavy?
4: You know, then it, it, it's so cyclical, and, you know, people want to say, oh, they should do this. They should have super teams. They shouldn't have super teams. It should all be parity. Right. It doesn't really matter. You know, it, it, it's, you know they're going to find success both ways, and you're going to go through a streak where you have this sort of thing, and then you go through a streak where, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, where it would be the right. I mean, opposite.
3: I remember when it was the Celtics and the Lakers practically every year? Um with the right. with the Sixers, you know, the Sixers were the were the Cavs. You know, they were the <laughs> they're the ones you know, struggling to squeeze into that group. Um and they and, and look who and they had. They had Dr. J and Moses Malone and, and they had a struggle to get to the finals. Um
4: remember when the, the, the Bulls, you know, under Jordan wouldn't couldn't quite crack it. Yeah. You know, everybody thought, you know, the the Bulls are just always gonna be one win away and Jordan's never gonna get a championship until he's got you know, what did he get six of them?
3: So, you got six, yeah. So three,
4: you know, it, those these
3: those three pieces go in cycles, and and teams come in and out. Do you see anyone other than Golden State winning?
4: I have a hard time seeing that this year. I really do. I mean, I think that Greg Popovich is the best coach in the NBA. Right. So I'm never going to count out San Antonio. Um, and uh, but I think. Golden State has got so much talent; it'd be difficult. And I like Steve Kerr a lot too. I think mean, yeah. it'd be tough for them not not to win it this year.
3: But I mean, but how can you deny the potential of the Clippers?
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's really not that difficult.
3: <laughs> Do they? Will they ever get to the conference finals in our I lifetime?
4: Clippers, I, I, I'm going to make you sad. But I think the Clippers' window is already closed.
3: Yeah, I think it is.
4: They had their time and they didn't quite
3: get there. So, um you do you cover hockey as well?
4: Uh, no, we don't do much with hockey, you know. Even though Florida has a striking number of hockey teams, in our area it's just not popular, you know. The Tampa Bay Lightning isn't very far away. It's it's,
3: it's And bad. they're
4: I the wife have, of the but,
3: owner is an AU alum.
4: Is that right? I did yeah. not
3: know that. Yeah, well, Penny, the former Penny Siegel, now Penny Vinnick. Um so, but yes, um, which was interesting because <laughs> they lived in Boston and so they they were huge Bruins fans, and then he buys the franchise. And the first year, one of the first years he owns the franchise. They, they're playing the Bruins in the, in the conference finals. So I'm thinking the kids must be conflicted. They've been Bruins fans their sure. whole life. And now their dad is always the team that's about to beat them. And that was the other Bruins one. So everything worked out great, I guess. But um, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, um, we're going to wrap up with Scott and um, find out more on his views on the world of sports. Um, but before we do, a quick shout out to Ethan Miller, and the AEPI Outlaws who are listening at home. Um, Thank you for joining us, and uh, we'll be back after these messages. You're listening to Cranberry.fm.
2: Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors.
1: How much are your best ideas worth? Check out exclusive listener pricing for Cranberry Radio listeners by going to bit.ly slash founder Circle. Looking for a white label
0: SEO and social platform for your clients? Think
1: eBrands.
0: Free and unlimited SEO audit reports.
1: eBrands.
0: Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators.
1: eBrands.
2: Add some Cranberry Radio podcast to your playlist as part of a better profit margin. Cranberry Radio. It's it's good for you. Really. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Here is Bennett Kelly.
3: And we're back, and um, just through, as usual, background on Scott and... These topics are available in our show notes on our blog at cyberlawradio.wordpress.com and follow us on Twitter at cyberlawradio. Now, Scott, there are two things I want to get to briefly. Uh, one is, going back to social media, and I definitely wanted to bring this up, You know, some, some teams try to, I guess, draw support or get the fans involved in naming a team by having a contest or something, and have you did you follow what was happening in San Diego as they sought to name their soccer team? I did see something
4: about that, but I, I didn't follow very closely.
3: And, and so, apparently, the front runner uh, by far in the contest is Footy McFootface. <laughs> <laughs> following you know i guess there was the the english who were trying to name uh i don't know what what boat of the royal navy but where Bodie mcboat face was <laughs> was the winner although part i guess the the english government decided to ignore um that the, uh, the great wisdom of their citizens but uh right now apparently the the leader for the San Diego um, team, which I don't even know if they've been awarded a franchise yet, I think it's part of a way to draw attention. But <laughs> is is Footy McFootface? So if things weren't bad enough for San Diego. You know, you've lost your football team. Your baseball team has been miserable for most of its existence, and now you're about to, you could be home to the Footy McFootfaces. Um, imagine doing play-by-play. <laughs> I'm gonna sell a lot of jerseys though. I think it would. I think it would be a very big seller. And even if they didn't, if they'd pick something else, I would still sell it. You know, I have that with it as a as a good joke. Um,
4: well, you know, al- alternate jerseys are the uh, most popular way to make some money on franchise now. So I think if they, even if they end up as the San Diego Quakes, they'll still have a footy foot face alternate jersey.
3: Uh, but that's the thing. So we, I don't know if we talked about it last time you're on, but you know, there's still the ongoing controversy over the Redskins, and it, it will become part of a Supreme Court case um, whether or not that you know the the issue of the denial of the trademark, because um, there's a, a parallel case uh, unrelated to the Redskins that that were a trademark we rejected for similar reasons for being offensive, and whether that violates free speech. And one thing I never understood about Dan Snyder and the Redskins. You know, other than the fact that why is he such a lousy owner? But just rename the team. You, you have a city that loves your team. They're going to buy all that new gear to replace this, the stuff that says Redskins. It, it just seems like it would be a, a windfall. I, I never understood why he doesn't do it.
4: No, I agree with that. That's been my argument for a long time. Is you force? You know, the Redskins have one of the bigger regional fan bases in the country. You force all of them to buy new merchandise, then you make an awful lot of money, more than you probably cost yourself in whatever the logic is that it's going to hurt your team and branding.
3: Right. I mean, so what? You have to come up with a new fight. I mean, granted, it is nice that the Redskins have a fight song. I don't, I don't know any other school, t- I mean, team that has it. And I'll be honest, every time I fly through Dallas Fort Worth, I do whistle the song, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just my little, you know, residue of Washingtonian in me, and you know, never liking the Cowboys. But uh, <laughs> I, I just think it makes sense. What? Why not do it?
4: Yeah, it really isn't the isn't, uh, germ argument, other than the fact that Dan Snyder is a guy who used to get what he wants, and decided that he doesn't want to yield on this issue.
3: I guess that would make sense. Now, um, we were talking earlier about anniversaries, and one of the anniversaries was of the Colts moving, and that was just such a shocking event. I mean, just no no announcement to the, the city, just showing up with Mayflower vans outside Memorial Stadium, more or less, you know, screw you, Baltimore, I'm going to India, Indian no place, as, as it's sometimes called. And, and um, But there's another anniversary, which I guess we both would have been an American when this happened, and that is the the famous North Carolina Georgetown game where Freddie Brown made that pass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is that like the all time king of, I guess, American sports bloopers? Next, or out there with Bill Buckner? Or how do you rank that? I don't
4: think that holds the same iconic feel that that the ground ball through Buckner's leg does. I think. It's- which is ironic. I mean, given given the stage, you would think so, especially you know at that point, Georgetown was sort of the pinnacle of, of college basketball. Right. But for whatever reason, it it doesn't seem to have had the longevity of some of the other ones. And the
3: the uh, the, the thing about Buckner is that was Game Six, <laughs> you know, yeah. and um, they still could have won Game. It wasn't like it that cost them, but you know, so much has been focused on it. Whereas Freddie Brown, that you know, the game was in his hands. You know, he, if he, they were going for the winning shot. Um, and just a minor footnote: I went to law school with Freddie Brown. He was in my class. In fact, um, as you know, I'm I'm a Providence fan, and Providence beat Georgetown mm-hmm. to go to the Final Four. While he, well, while we were classmates, and of course, I was somewhat muted in my, you know, elation over Providence winning just because, you know, he's six mm-hmm. foot something and can kick my butt any day of the week. But, um, but you know, he did, you know, he seemed to be just okay. I mean, Thompson took care of him. He got a, a color job, you know, doing play-by-play for um, the Hoyas. But, uh, and then he got a law degree, so. Well, I'm, you know, I'm just
4: hopeful that you didn't ask him to pass you a note in class.
3: It <laughs> I did it. And it went to somebody else. But um yeah. well, you know the old joke about Bill Buckner. He was so despondent he tried to kill himself and he jumped in front of a train but it went through his legs. Um <laughs> <laughs> So what what I mean I Go
4: ahead. I I was, uh, I wanna say that the uh the Barton and, uh Cubs thing has a lot more legs than, than Freddie Brown does. Now, did he did he emerge after the Cubs won? He, you know, people reached out to him. I read some stories about him, but he's sort of decided that he's
3: not going to be hanging out in the public. Right, it's better off to move on. Now, what about you? I mean, for you, what is your ultimate? Like when you um, sit at the bar and you shake your head, it. What what sports heartbreak are you talking about other than the last 20 years of the Jets? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the other one
4: that, that always springs to my mind is the uh, Scott Norwood in the Buffalo Bills where oh, he shanked that field goal. Right? Yeah. And, yeah. I
3: mean, they, they worked that into Ace Ventura Pet Detective, so it must be something. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, there's another movie where... Um, what was it? Buffalo sixty six, um, where the character actually tries to kidnap Norwood because <laughs> all, every, everything in his life went bad after that. You know, he blames Norwood for all the bad things that followed after that. You know, was, Buffalo was that would have David, been, David Mamet. Buffalo 66? No, it wasn't Mamet. I don't know if he wrote it, but it was it was something Gallo, um, in India. Oh, you know yeah, what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Um, that. Uh, I forgot that guy's first name, but, but if you, he, you he, we were he, talking,
4: he also did did something else that was controversial, with right? Because
3: the, there was a, a they actually had a sex scene that was a sex scene, I think, right? Um, with Chloe Sevigny. Now, um, what's interesting? We were talking offline about Heartbreak Cities, and I mean, talk about Buffalo—they have that. They have the Sabers um, lose the Stanley Cup over. A goal that were the guy, you know, Brett Hull was in the crease. Um, mm-hmm. They lose, they lose the Clippers, which if, you know that may or may not be a good thing. And <laughs> the, the Braves move, move away. Um, you know, they've had their. Fair, and then of course, you know, after Norwood, they then lose three other Super Bowls. Um, so I think they're strong contenders for a Heartbreak City. And then you throw in, uh, if you want, you can throw in Toronto. Toronto's you know misery in that bunch, you know, in terms of how lame the uh, Maple Leafs have been and um, the Blue Jays haven't won in ages, but who's your, who do you, who do you pick?
4: I think Buffalo is a pretty good pick because, you know, I, I mean, if you've been to Buffalo,
3: that's a hard not the
4: most uplifting <laughs> city, <laughs> you know, outside of their sports team, you know, it's cold about 10 months a year and it's always snowing and
3: kind of, you know, Misty and chilly, so nope.
4: yeah, I'll take Buffalo. <laughs>
3: what about um, what about say, Cleveland or San Diego? Well, it's funny you mention
4: Cleveland because you know, in in wanting to keep your show as updated as possible, I'll tell you that I see I saw a report as we've been talking that the Browns have said that they have no interest in Colin Kaepernick.
3: Wow. So that's
4: that, bad. That's where if you is can't right get now, a position yeah.
3: with the Browns. What about Johnny? What about Johnny Manzel? Is he, is he done or?
4: Uh, I think he is. There was, there was a rumor that New Orleans is interested in him.
3: Oh my it God. Him in New
4: Orleans. Terrible fit. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he needs to go to Kansas city or someplace.
3: He like needs to go that. to dry town. In, yeah.
4: Put him, put him to New Orleans. just seems like a terrible idea, but, uh, but the Saints also denied that they had any interest in, in Manziel today.
3: How funny. Now, um, we only have a few minutes left. So if people want to follow you online or you know your columns or you know, what you're covering, what's the best way for them to do that?
4: Well, they can follow me on Twitter at Scott Rooker. It's a very imaginative name I came up with. And they can follow uh, News Journal Online at newsjournalonline.com.
3: All right, any big predictions for the baseball season? Well, I know Boston's not going to do well.
4: <laughs> uh, aside from that, um, no, not really. I think uh, there isn't a clear-cut uh, team. I think the, the Cubs look good again, but to kind of suppose we'll get that kind of run again is, is a little naive. So I think it's, it, it's kind of wide open this
3: year all right well we're out of time scott i want to thank you it's been a pleasure as usual to have you and shout out to all those that listening from american university next week a casey velasquez on the identity theft resource center and um thank you for listening we'll be back next week same bad channel have a great week enjoy the final four thanks again scott everyone take care Thanks, ben.